0: We just got done interviewing Bethany Crouch. Mm -hmm. She is, that was a good one. That was a really good one. She is, um, just to give you guys a quick, um, just a, Info about her. She's um, the creator of a podcast called Her Sports Story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know how I found her. I think it, it was Instagram. I don't know how I came across her page. I don't know if she was following character. I don't. But anyway, I followed her and yeah. I followed her her Sports Story, and then I followed her page, mm-hmm. and just I was like, this is awesome because we need her. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it
1: was really good. Well, I th- the timing was weird too because I think I want to say they followed us maybe the week before you text me and said, hey, I, I have a, a guest for you know a couple weeks or a couple weeks down the road i'm like oh perfect and then you said it's like oh they just followed us and we followed them back and i I didn't think anything else of it i just knew they were sports related and they were talking about uh, female athletes and coaches so i thought it was cool so the timing was really good yeah um was good but yeah she had a lot of really good things to say we were joking it was tough because there's some episodes where it's going so well you kind of have to keep an eye on the clock because you can lose track of time Uh so you know quickly and that was definitely one of those episodes so um i think people are gonna really enjoy it she has lots of good things to say about life after sports and how you deal with that transition right.
0: yeah a lot of mentorship i feel like like a lot of yeah um good advice and just she dives deeper she dives deeper like psychologically not in a weird way like in a good way in terms of like oh i did, I know that sounded weird like in terms of like yeah. i didn't think of it that way um right. like i said like really good advice mentor mentorship at one point i was like oh my gosh i just felt like i was in a counseling session in a good it way did, it did feel like in that a yeah, good yeah, yeah. Way. no like in a like oh okay i needed to hear that so um yeah she has some really she had some really good things to say
1: yes yeah and so um before before we let you listen to this episode I do want to say that even though the podcast that she has is called uh, I almost said for her sports wrong wrong person <laughs> yeah
2: yeah her that's sports Nikki. that's Nikki <laughs> yeah.
1: her sports story right. um what we talk about applies to any athlete yeah. male female yep. um however I would say if you are a coach of female athletes mm-hmm. or if you are a female athlete I would Definitely pay special attention, but regardless, if you're an athlete of any kind or a coach of any kind, yeah. there's a lot in here for you. So don't let that prevent you from listening to this episode.
0: Right, because it's still an athlete is an athlete. I think bottom line. Yep, it's still we still go through the same you know stuff. But, That's it. Yeah, it so good. uh, right.
1: there we go. Enjoy this next episode. Please. See ya. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, ready. When he goes beyond the scoreboard. Board board. Coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear
2: decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life, in their life, in their life. Get this thing, get this thing started.
1: Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. My name is Josh Takimoto.
0: And I am Deb McCollum.
1: And... We have an awesome guest today, as usual. Deb, can you intro her in, please? As
0: per usual, absolutely. Um, Today we have um, Bethany Crouch. She is um, a former collegiate gymnast and the creator and founder of her sports story. And um, she has a website called Always an Athlete Community. And um, she just has so much awesome information. And, of course, that's Mm -hmm. why... We have her on here, so Bethany, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for reaching out. I am so
3: excited to be a part of this and talk all the things, athletics, coaches, and what this space really evolves
0: to after sport. So thanks Sweet. for having me. Sweet, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was listening to um, some of, a couple of your um, episodes mm-hmm. and um, I really enjoyed listening to your story and um, there was one interview um, that I just really enjoyed. And obviously, of course, now that we're recording, I can't think of it naturally. So oh, anyway, no. of which one that it was. was I know. Okay. I know, we'll know. I'm messing up 20, already. Okay. 25 episodes, so that's okay. Right, okay. Okay, act, Josh. Act professional, Deb. My, okay, here comes my two-week notice, Josh. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I like her too much. It's all good. We're going to scare Bethany away. Okay, um, all right. Thank you, though, for being here. We appreciate it. And all of your um, information that you're going to give us, we're super excited. Yeah, absolutely. So, but first off, we have warm-up questions for you. I always come up with these warm-up questions. And when I say come up with warm-up questions, I mean Google comes up with warm-up questions for me. And I just pick them. Um, So, there's three of them. So, first warm-up question. Who was your childhood actor crush? Ooh, the actor or actress like singer. Can I dabble okay. into
3: singer? Singer, yes you can. So I had a big crush on Jesse McCartney. Oh Yes. Okay. Like starting well. at like age thirteen and like nice. honestly saw him last year in a concert. So it's still like, you know still ongoing. I'm like, you know, of course crush level a little lower, especially you know, now that my husband is like Hey, who is that? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, it's Jesse McCartney. He totally knows. Like, I have a t shirt. was like, that's yep, funny. That was back in the day. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah.
1: No, I laugh. I, I think my sister may have been in the same boat. Oh, good. Yeah, oh, I think okay. she may have been in the same not boat. Allowed. So that's that name is definitely familiar. <laughs> Did you have, like, uh, a poster
3: in of him? In oh, your yeah. And in high school, yep. I had, like, yeah. a back of my door had, like, a poster of him and, like, a few other, you know, whether that was gymnastics or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, per the usual
0: teenage bedroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All of yep. our actor crushes. I had a big poster of Jonathan Taylor Thomas oh, yes. in my room. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a big deal for a while, yeah. Yes, for, sure. for a while I know what happened to him. I don't know. But yeah, anyway. I, have no yes, idea. I know. It's sad. <laughs> it is sad. Um all right, next question. We'll move it along. Um, no, no. keep take your
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast.
0: Second question. What did you name your first car? If you named your car. Mm. I named my cars. Ooh. So I think my first car eventually evolved to
3: Bertha. <laughs> I nice. think that was okay. something that my actual my husband named it. Josh? I
2: don't yeah. know
1: what I should oh, sorry. say. Yeah, oh, like, <laughs> no, you no, it's fine. I'm gonna say it. I have yeah. to ask. Was yeah. this was this a bigger car?
0: It wasn't.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. I don't, I you think thought the
1: same it, thing, right? No. Come on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah,
3: yeah. Nope, it was just a, a standard little Sentra, yeah. Nissan Sentra, and I don't know where it came from, but it came from my now husband, who named it Bertha, and maybe nice. it's because, like, we were talking about names, I'm like, I don't know if I would ever like name my child Bertha and he's like your car's name is Bertha <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah,
0: great. Well it's good because then, then you can't name now we child got it Bertha. out of the way yeah, right? yeah
1: that's right that, yeah. sorry it's taken <laughs> there you go that's yeah, funny my wife uh, actually so when we first met she was driving one of her family's cars and it was an astro van mm. that deserved to be called Bertha yes. for sure that's I a huge. so that's what I was that's what I was picturing yeah. it's like so okay
0: what's it what, say it again an astro van oh my gosh
1: so it's like a, it's like a, what, like an eight or nine passenger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> I think, I think she was in her yearbook too. As oh, like, cause you know, like they God, do that sometimes in yeah. yearbooks, like they awesome. feature the car. It's like, Hey, this kid has a, a Lexus. That this kid has hilarious. a Mercedes. <laughs> oh, she has uh, an Astro van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a little different, but she got recognized for it. So that, that was my first awesome. thought when you said birth. It's like, That's okay, this is, a, this is a big car. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I had a little Corolla named Timmy, but that's all I'll say. Wait, what was it? Timmy. Timmy. I oh, don't Timmy. Know. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I think my friends named him. I don't know. I wasn't into naming my cars, so my friends were like, oh, there's Timmy. And I'm like, who? They're like, your car. I'm like, what? And so they just they named <laughs> him. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I have weird friends. Not anymore, but... Oh, that sounded bad. Okay, let's move on. Well, I hope they don't listen. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just, kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man, I, I just feel I like you're over the with this podcast. You're trying no. to tear us down. I know that was. We're to these
1: followers. Okay,
0: <laughs> all right. It's not this bad all the time. I hope. Okay, <laughs> third question. Last question. If you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm, one meal. Yeah. What I does could? that
3: include? Yeah, is, um, that, is dessert a part of a meal? You know what? Like, yes.
0: Let's add dessert. Yes. Okay. So like if you could have one meal sitting in front of you for like breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or whatever, and that's the only meal you get to eat throughout the day for the rest of your life. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is that's a, a lot.
3: <laughs> for some reason, though... <sighs> I just like cookie dough is my best friend. Mm. Like, oh, interesting! Yeah. In those type, like especially as a kid, I was a kid that would open the fridge and my mom would have like the tube of cookie dough, and I would reach <laughs> in with my hand and grab it, and she'd be like, "Did you take cookie dough?" I'm like, "No." And there's like you can clearly see like my fingers that had gone through <laughs> oh, no. the dough evidence. Yeah. So you oh, know, my gosh.
0: if. If that were a thing, I think I could handle it. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Right.
1: That's a good choice for
0: yeah. me. I would. For me, it would be donuts if di- mm. if diabetes didn't exist. Right. Though. You know, exactly. like if you could just eat it and yep. just not have the sugar anyway. So well. that's cool.
1: <laughs> there was actually a couple of episodes episodes ago. Deb uh-huh. mentioned that she ate. Uh, was it 12 pack of Cinnabon? A 24 pack. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, 24 pack <laughs> of, of Cinnabon. The minis. So oh. Minis. She's not joking about the donut thing.
0: Yeah, yeah oh, I'm not so good. I Baked, know. baked items. Baked mm-hmm. goods are my thing. I'm mm-hmm. Telling you, yeah. Now I want some candy. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. So anyway. Okay. Well, thank you for participating in the warm-up questions. They're usually pretty ridiculous, as we are. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So, um, so first off, tell us. just a little bit about before we get into the her sports story and just how how everything happened the way it did and mm-hmm. how you are where you are today. Just tell us about your background in terms of like your athletic background and um, your gymnast. Mm-hmm. We're a gym, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna say we're a gymnast because you're always you know you're always gonna so gonna say you are a gymnast even if you oh, don't. Well, do, thank you. That's yeah, it's not <laughs> we're. Yeah, it is. So, how did all that start? If you could take us back, like, yeah. To the so
3: taking it back to the very beginning, I guess at like age two or three I scared my mom by <laughs> doing a cartwheel with no hands oh. so called an aerial oh. and I was just flipping off of things and oh my, my mom was just like we have to provide you a safer place for this <laughs> so a part That's of a my preschool it had you know a little tumble time and whatnot And then after preschool, went into the regular elementary school system. And I think I got to first grade and my mom realized like how incredibly shy I was. Hmm. And she was like, we got to put you in something else, like something organized. So she put me in gymnastics. I literally went kicking and screaming, like would hold on to the seatbelt of the car and like not want to go in because of like just this immense uh shyness that i had Mm. Mm. but the shyness eventually wore off and gymnastics became my place my place of being myself opening up making friends or having those close friends so that's how it kind of started i was a competitive gymnast all the way up as far as consistently all the way up until age 16 my junior year of high school. And so at that age, I had made it to level 10, which is kind of the level that you make it to right when you're about to go to college. So okay. most most colleges are recruiting level 10 oh, wow. gymnasts. Okay. What's beyond 10 is what's called elite, and that kind wow. of is more Olympic wow. track.
2: Wow, so just so, shy of like So Olympic. just shy, oh, wow. and
3: yeah, they're, they're sometimes comes a point in a gymnast career where you kind of have to decide which route you want to pursue, whether that is the elite track or if you wanted to go the collegiate track. And around, I think, 10 or 11 years old, that was kind of that time. And I told my parents, very matter-of-factly, that I wanted to go to UCSB and be on their gymnastics team. Now, their gymnastics team or their program discontinued years before I was – uh, you know, getting ready to go to college. Mm. But for some reason, I loved watching the Olympics and probably when I was younger, that was my, my goal, but it evolved into collegiate gymnastics. So went consistently from age six to 16, so about 10 years, and then hit my first like major burnout where mm. I went to junior Olympics and then left the sport the day after.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. Can I I interrupt you really quick? Of course. So, and I'm, I I really don't know anything about gymnastics Uh other than what I see during the Olympics, Mm -hmm. but it seems like from what my understanding, it's a very intense, like you said, from a very young age. So is burnout around that time pretty standard Uh or does it happen earlier or later?
3: I would say it's pretty standard. Around that time. Because that's when you get, you're in the midst of high school and you have kind of FOMO, like fear of missing out. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm i not going to dances, I'm not necessarily too involved with school. And this, this of course varies with everyone, but for my life, my life was go to school, you know, whatever, that was eight in the morning to three-ish, right. go to the gym at around 3.30 or four, practice till 8.30 or nine, come home, eat dinner, do homework about 10, 30, 11 go to bed. Wow. So it was yeah. quite the grind I would say. Right. And then in the summer times there gets up to a point during the summer that you are practicing almost like a, a job would be. Right. So mm-hmm. I would get to the mm-hmm. gym around seven, a seven thirty. Job. Yeah <laughs> right. right, right in the morning and practice till one or our longer days were starting at eight thirty and ending at three mm-hmm. thirty. So it very much was just it's It was intense. Mm -hmm. And when I got to age 16 and just like the burnout that I experienced, I decided I wanted to be a part of high school. And like I went to this, I went to Oak Ridge High School, Mm -hmm. just up the way there. Okay. And was. A lot of connection there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went there for two years and I felt like I wasn't involved with the school at all. So I became a cheerleader. And at that point, like people ask me where I moved from, like where'd you move from?
2: They're like she's tumbling, she's doing here. aerials. Like who I'm, is this girl?
3: Yeah, right. And <laughs> I was going generator? to the school for two years, but that just kind of attested to how, like, I would say, gotcha. driven I was, mm. in, like go to school, get the good grades, mm. go to the gym, and do it all over again. And my my social
0: life really existed at the gym. So that's,
2: that's so really you. Interesting.
0: So you were at Oak Ridge. All four years. Yeah. But the first two years, mm-hmm. you were so involved in your, like, gy- mm-hmm. gymnastics outside of school that yeah. when you joined the cheer yes. teams, are like, are you new? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my god, Exactly.
3: Because you don't really yeah. think
1: about it, but because of, I mean, most schools don't have a gymnastics program. Right. So, like, if you're playing basketball or soccer, you're kind of, mm-hmm. that, that sport is ingrained in yeah, the culture of the school. Sense. So your friends go to that school, so you're going to see yeah. that. But I, that's interesting. But gymnast yeah. or gymnastics is completely mm-hmm. different. Club, right? Wow. Well, it's funny.
0: I have side note, of course, tangent. Here we go. Um, I have um, I'm a PE teacher, and so I have I have a student actually recently that I had this past um, term, mm-hmm. and um poor thing, she would always come to class like with an injury or with a hey, I have a you know something, but she's like, I'm a gymnast though, and I'm like, oh, you are, and she's like, yeah, I'm competing, and like, so she like competed outside, we don't, you know, school, we don't have it, and I'm like, why aren't you cheering, you know, and she's like, oh, I don't have time for that, mm-hmm. you know, and so I just, it's funny that you mention that, because, yeah, we, the schools, there is no yeah. gym, right. is there a gymnastics. school in California that mm-hmm. has a
3: gymnastics there might be, team? I
1: mean, it's probably, yeah. I would imagine somewhere down south, maybe, yeah. probably so there's probably a private it, school. There
3: was, I think, yeah. like, back east, is I mean, sure. okay. they would have, like, gymnastics program within right. high schools, yeah. so Interesting. my first exposure to that where school and sports kind of married was cheerleading Mm. and that was an amazing experience for me because I finally kind of got out of my shell I connected with the community I was living in and enjoyed that for I'd say a year a year or two in its totality but about a year in I started getting letters in the mail from colleges wanting to recruit me for gymnastics. So I l- literally was kinda like, well, maybe maybe I should go back because maybe college gymnastics I will be different and kind of mm. revamp mm. or reignite my love for gymnastics. Mm. And so I went back to gymnastics for, I would say, a couple of months, ended up competing in regionals, was an alternate to Junior Olympics. And then a few months after that, ended up walking away again. Mm.
2: Hmm.
3: Gotcha. So, burnout uh, number two. Burnout number two. Yeah. And then I would say a couple more months passed by, and I was deciding where to go to college, whether that was with cheerleading, whether that was just, you know, as walking without being tied to a sport. And I kind of came to this moment where I was like, you made it so far like mm-hmm. it's been your whole life right just see what you can do mm-hmm. and so prior to me quitting the second time I had verbally committed to Sacramento State oh. and mm-hmm. so I had turned down a scholarship mm-hmm. at Sacramento State and I called the coach back up and I was kind of like if you would have me back as far as like a walk-on spot whatever I I just think I need to see this through and he was like you're more than welcome and mm-hmm. your scholarship is still here so it didn't you know that's not the traditional story Mm -hmm. however it's definitely a part of my story and that's how i would say entered into college gymnastics for the first year of college gymnastics i registered i was injured it's kind of where my injury started and ended up competing sophomore and junior year and then walked away my junior year after my injuries we're kind of getting to the mm. point of surgery, and wow. I had mm. always been a goal of mine to walk away from a sport without injury. Mm. I, don't, I don't know where that came from, <laughs> or <laughs> without surgery, excuse right. me, not okay. injury, without yeah going <laughs> going under and getting surgery. So right, right, right. I uh, yeah ended junior year wow at Sacramento State yeah, and that kind of wrapped up my as far as like the physical act of doing gymnastics. That's when right. that kind of wrapped up. And so that was a long story. Wow. Oh no. no that was good. <laughs> that's good. I that think
0: was good. I think yeah. it's important this your this your story you have to where mm-hmm. because that is that's all about where you are today with what you're doing mm-hmm. with that story today. Yep. So that's good. Very much how, so. How how did you feel? And I'm only asking this cuz I went I did, I kind of did a, I did three burnouts with softball Mm. in college, so I totally understand. It it didn't have anything to do with an injury on the last time, but, like, Mm -hmm. so, like, that last final where you're, like, no, I'm done, Mm -hmm. how did that, like, how did you feel, like, what was going on in your brain? Were you, like, in grief? Were you, like, kind of relieved? Yeah, so
3: I had, I was in the weight room one day, and I was benching, and one of the weights, my right arm just dropped to the floor, like, Mm. I had no idea why for a while there, Athletic trainers were like, we think it's a sprained bicep tendon, but I like kind of knew, I felt like something else was mm. wrong. Mm. So I had that injury. I had four stress fractures in my fibulas starting from freshman year. So that I was just kind of pain management, like college, mm. college level athletics can sometimes just be pain management mm. at your body is kind of like, okay, you've done this for a really long time. Right. So I, I had that, that I was working through. And I would say junior year, once I had done something to my shoulder, I was kind of, it started the wheels turning. Like, do mm. I want to get surgery? Like, is this worth another year of possibly, you know, injuring myself mm. worse? And so I kind of came to the decision on my own that this would be like my last year and I would finish it out. And I was, but I, in all honesty, was very ready for it. Mm -hmm. Like my relationship with gymnastics was very at times like love, hate. And there was a lot of like tension and turmoil Mm -hmm. there. So when I got to a point where like I was deciding that I was going to walk away from the sport forever, I I felt somewhat ready Mm -hmm. for it. Good. in the moment fast forward you right. know three or four years we'll, we'll dive into that but yeah. I felt ready at the moment and so much so I was ready that like when I was getting my like MRI done on my shoulder I was kind of like I and this sounds like absolutely terrible but it's real where an injury where you want there to be something wrong hmm. with so that it can provide you with an out gotcha. so I was like I I would not be upset if xyz like so uh, my labrum ended ended up being torn and part of my rotator cuff and when I had that thought and I was like wow wow
2: wow. if
3: I am having a thought that I'm okay with myself being injured Mm -hmm. so I can
0: walk away from a sport then it's time
2: right
3: you know
0: I think that's amazing that you can come to that self-actualization realization Mm -hmm. about that and not being denial about it and just to like really like dig deep and think about that because i don't know that a lot of people can do that so um for you to be honest with yourself and to be like wow why am i thinking this oh wow okay this is why i'm thinking this here's the real
2: you know truth Mm -hmm. that maybe i'm
0: trying not i don't want to believe so that i think that that is really um a good like self-growth like on your part totally a
3: lot of growth in that in my of course the whole collegiate experience and to cover and to chat about topics that like is it like the, the thing that I want to say about injury? No, but it was real and it was a part of it and yeah. I would, and I want to speak to it because yeah. I know that there are other athletes out there right. that have probably felt the same and been like, oh, I shouldn't feel that way. Right. Mm-hmm. When you feel what you feel and it'll link you to something. Right. So that just linked me to the next part of my journey. Wow, so. nice, yeah.
1: there mm-hmm. we go. No, that's really good. Something we've talked about a lot is um, an athlete's self-worth. And Mm -hmm. how it's attached to their sport or the the discipline that they're um, pursuing. So, Mm -hmm. um, I I feel like maybe that's something that people struggle with too. Is obviously you had that Mm -hmm. that realization where it's like, no, I'm looking for a way out. So that's my sign. But it's almost like some people want to hold on because mm. they're almost like afraid of what's on the other side of the curtain. <clears throat> totally. Like all I've yeah. known is athletics and right. sports and pushing myself every really. single day as hard as I can. Yeah. And even though it sucks and I kind of want that injury to yeah. be the final yeah. thing, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what's on the other side of that curtain, yeah. so maybe I should just keep pushing. Right. You know? right. Um, yeah. So it's a very, it's a very interesting thing. Yeah.
0: So it's, yeah.
1: that's why what you guys are doing mm-hmm. is so awesome. In fact, right. um, I was looking at your website mm-hmm. and – the, it was just one of the, one of the uh, buttons on there was realign your identity post sport,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and uh, you kind of explained it already. But like, why is that so important for someone to mm-hmm. actually not just you know do it, but like tell themselves mm-hmm. like I need to figure out what's next? Why is that so important for an athlete yeah, to Yeah,
3: because we, uh, you know, and I, I of course we'll use we. I resonate it resonate with it still so much. But we, like you said, align our worth with performance and mm-hmm. our sport. And so, yeah, when I had a bad practice growing up, oh, I had a bad life. (laughs) Or, like, it was, I mean, it sounds so dramatic, right? right? Uh Sure. But it Mm -hmm. was the truth. And so my identity was wrapped up in being Bethany the gymnast. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of athletes, it's, you know, so-and-so this, so-and-so that. Mm -hmm. But what I try to instill with those that I connect with who are, you know, still transitioning out of sports is that you are so much more than this sport, Mm -hmm. right? Like, are you a son? Are you a daughter? Are you a sister? Do you love to paint? Do you love going to Disneyland? Like there's so many other facets as Mm -hmm. far as your, you know, even to your values, what you believe in uh, that shapes you. So sport is just something that you do, it's not who you are. Mm -hmm. But we get so tightly wound up, which, Mm. you know, in turn makes us a really good athlete Mm -hmm. because we do invest and pour our heart and soul into it. But I say realign your identity because the action of sport is now behind you. Mm. We can start to pull through the aspects of sport we do want to keep for later Mm. on in life, like that drive, keep that drive. Like, you know, knowing yourself and tapping into your intuition when, you know, you're making a decision, pull that through. So there's all these aspects to pull through, but there's a little bit of a filter there. Mm. What to leave behind. Leave behind Mm. that your worth is dependent on a score or performance. Mm. Leave that behind or Mm -hmm. mold it a little differently. So it's a process, like realigning your identity. It's not like, you're right, I am not an athlete anymore. I, you know, I am me and this is what I'm doing. It's so much harder. Finding the things that light your soul up when for so long there was one thing that mm-hmm. was supposed to
0: light your soul up. Right. And it almost takes – I like that. That's really good advice, by the way. I mm-hmm. feel like I was mm-hmm. just in a really helpful counseling session. <laughs> like, in, in yes, all yeah. the best way, possible <laughs> ways, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I <laughs> feel like, like yes, yeah. I need to hear yeah. that. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I agree because when you're in a sport, it like – like you said, there are aspects in there that you can take – forward Mm -hmm. with your life but in the moment and then even you know beyond that sometimes all you can see is that overshadowing of like no like this is like my sport and you want to stay under that shadow of your sport and like if you leave it to go try to do something else it like Mm -hmm. feels weird and so I think that's like I burned out three times but I went back to softball every time because I'm like no I don't know who I am you know just like a moment of identity crisis right you know and just kind of trying because that's it was safe Yes, you know, even though like it's the love hate do. thing, though, mm-hmm. yeah, it's what you know, and so mm-hmm. it's really hard to leave what you know, but that is needed to, you know, especially to function in society today. You know, we can't. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, you know, there are the, you know, professional athletes, but even professional athletes need to have that, that other source of identity of who they are, not mm-hmm. that that sport is who they are.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's even. Interesting how and this is what I did when I transitioned out of my sport, I replaced gymnastics with professional development. I did mm-hmm. ten different internships, I got part-time jobs, I was on another type of performance driven mm-hmm. chase. Wow. So like I wow. just replaced yeah <laughs> one with yeah. the other. And again, I didn't realize that until I, I finally got my full time role, right? As out of college and in athletics and where I wanted to be. And I was sitting in my office and i was like why do i miss gymnastics so much right now
2: hmm.
3: so it's right. really interesting and my how i kind of chalk that up for me right. is that since i just went right into it as far as professional development and just changing my or the new chase person right. right. i didn't allow time to process it hmm. to process the separation or the breakup wow when you take time, you have to take time to process it and feel in it. Because if we just ignore it, right, it, it resurfaces, right? Right. We, four yeah. years later, five years later, yep. it resurfaces. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, in talking with those that I talked to you about the transition out of sport, we talk about like feeling. It's okay to feel sad, disconnected, mm-hmm. and you have to move through the stages of grief, as weird as that sounds. It's like, you know, and I would say for a lot of athletes, we think or we feel like it's a breakup. Or
2: we used to joke like,
3: oh, my boyfriend's name is Jim. Like, because I would go (laughs) to the gym and literally live at the gym for 40 hours. Right. But, yeah, yeah, it's it's a breakup. And you Mm -hmm. almost are providing it – with the respect mm-hmm. when you do kind of go through that morning process yeah. and that is okay and I think yeah. sometimes when we graduate college or you know try to move into the next phases of our life people are like oh where are you going to work what are you going to do and you're right. like I don't have this all figured out I graduated <laughs> right. a week ago <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how am I supposed to have it all figured out hmm. and the thing is you don't and we all are a work in progress and being an athlete, when you're presented with that uncertainty, yeah. like, what's the next clear goal? Right. When am I going to work out next with, you know,
2: yeah.
3: structure and right. whatnot? Yeah. Your role your gets flips up, flipped upside down yeah. for a little bit. Right. Yeah. But that is all a part of the process. Yeah. And it's kind of like anything goes in this process. There's no right. perfect right. way that you are going to process eventually leaving sport and evolving into your new identity. Right. Or a part of yeah. you.
0: So. It's probably the scariest part as like if an athlete leaving the athletic world and like going through that process of, adult, mm-hmm. of what you know whatever's next It's like they yeah. don't it's like starting over. Yeah. Yeah, sorry Josh was going to say something. No, no, no. It's deep in thought. I'm in just there. I'm just thinking. Yeah.
1: No, it's I mean you know you talk about breaking up with the sport mm-hmm. basically and um i was just i was just thinking and i'm just curious what your answer yeah. is to this because say someone played basketball mm-hmm. at a at a high level and they're okay i'm they're breaking up with the sport of basketball at that high level but if they wanted to they could go to their gym years down the road and yes. play a pickup game mm-hmm. gymnastics is a little bit different so that, that right. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like it's almost like for certain sports you're saying uh, we're we're good for now, but maybe mm-hmm. I can, like you said, take the parts right. that I enjoy, and mm-hmm. I'll see you down the road. Yeah, gymnastics right. is very different when it comes um, to that. So I imagine that the bre- the breakup is more final. It yeah, feels, it's a little based more on what you're certified. saying. Yeah, which how do you how did you deal with that? Or did you even think about that in the process?
3: Yeah. So, and it's I am so grateful that you brought that up because that's exactly how I okay. felt with my, so my husband is a former baseball player. Cool. And so he would go to softball, like being to softball. Page, right? that, was my, yeah. that was my first yeah. thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right. so, yeah, you're right for gymnastics. A lot of gymnasts who somewhat stay tied will like coach, we will go coach. And that's kind of their way of still staying connected. Now, again, everyone processes differently. So coaching could just keep triggering. Mm -hmm. those, you know, feelings of leaving your sport and not being able to compete anymore. But for me, I knew, yeah, I was like, I knew. And I'd always joke, and I one day will write a book that's called Cartwheels on Sundays, where all of, like, (laughs) the girls will meet in a park and we'll do some (laughs) cartwheels and call it good because if we ever tried to do, you know, a beam routine or floor routine, like, it would be... it would be bad. <laughs> like we would injure yeah. ourselves severely. Oh. But, yeah, so to bring up that point, it's it's so true that oh. for certain sports, yeah. there's not a place that you can recreate it right. by physically doing it. You right. can, you know, coach and be in certain environments. Sure. Right. But, yes, you're right. You do leave it, that yeah. Thing, a uh, bit. That'd be uh.
1: difficult. Well, I think you mentioned something too that just I, we've talked about a little bit before. But if you do try to go back and coach,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, you almost have to. I, so I think some people can do it right away.
2: Yes. Um, I think there's right. sometimes
1: an issue of being too close to the age. So if mm-hmm. it, like we talk to a lot of high school coaches. Sometimes you want to go back and coach because you're passionate about the sport. But I think for some people and their personalities, mm-hmm. it's too soon. Like you need some you need some years yes. between you right. and the athletes because. It's like, well, I was I was playing with that guy. I was playing with that girl mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and now they're trying to coach me. Like, I, I can't buy into yeah. this. Right. And so I imagine with someone. So for with, for example, gymnastics, because there's that processing,
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: such an intense sport. I imagine that there, for some people it's like, you no, know, no, If I want to coach, I need to give myself maybe five years before I come back because if I come mm-hmm. back too soon,
2: mm-hmm.
1: psychologically and emotionally, right. it's going to be too much for me to handle, and it's probably yeah. going to affect my athletes in a negative way. Right, mm.
3: I, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. like tough. Yeah, yeah, I would say that the, the way that I've seen those be somewhat successful through it and are, started coaching right after they were done was they started coaching like four-year-olds and five-year-olds.
1: So they put okay. that age gap yeah. in front of them. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That
3: because, sense. one, at that age, gymnastics is so fun. You get to learn all these skills. You get to play in the pit. Yeah. Like, yeah. the light is still in your eyes at that age. Uh, and you're learning body awareness. And it's a, different, it's a different level than if you were to try to go straight into coaching, like, the collegiate level or mm-hmm. those at the – club level that sure. are very competitive. So yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think the way that I've seen it be done is that age kind of separation which because sometimes seeing that 4 or 5 year old girl just totally loving the sport, you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, wow." And you get to be a part of that. Right. Which is that is where the little shine of it all is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're, you're igniting your passion again, but in a healthy yeah. way. Right, right, Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. interesting. Uh-huh. That's, that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of doing it.
0: Yeah, I like how you, that was good. I like how you brought that up. Well, and especially, like, I didn't think of it just until now that, like, yeah, gymnastics is like, oh. Oh yeah, it's not like for softball I can go play like slow pitch and like so I can't imagine I'm sure if mm-hmm. I'm, I can't imagine that feeling of like solitude. Maybe sometimes yeah. it feels like oh like I can't and I'm and just the physical wear and tear on your body that gymnastic and that could be a whole nother topic. Here mm-hmm. I go getting off task again, but um but yeah that could have a lot to do with it too. I'm sure. Yeah, with have, because going I back. yeah
3: I feel like a lot of gymnasts when they have to say goodbye, a lot of us are like injured yeah, in some dead. regard yeah. so we need wow. that time no matter what whether right. that's before like running or that's, doing a half marathon right. or whatever is going to you know activate that that athlete and you in that physical sense just right. not at the level of right. a you know competitive right. gymnast
0: so. yeah
1: yeah, so, so I have another – it's a, kind of a little bit of a tangent, but, again, mm-hmm. you keep saying things that kind of, like, <laughs> send me that direction. Yeah. This, we warned
0: but, you that we will go hey, off the Hey, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how
3: my brain works.
1: But I think – I'm trying to think back to – because we've – it's, like, we're 24, 25 episodes deep at this point. Yeah. And I'm trying to think – I think every coach or athlete that we've had on has been part of a team sport. Team
2: sport, yeah. So mm. I'm always really
1: curious when – yours is more of an individual sport, but yeah. it is a team sport because you're part of a team. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that – I'm always curious, like what is that dynamic like? Because when we talk about like football, you know, as a football player, what you do on the field will have yeah. a, a direct effect on, like if you don't block right. correctly, it's yeah, gonna affect yeah. someone on the field, you know what I'm saying? If you don't right. run the right route or if you mm-hmm. just sign in yeah. baseball. With you, it's a little bit different. So what yeah. is that dynamic like? Is there I don't want to say like a selfishness. you know what I'm saying? Well, like, oh yeah,
0: individual sport,
1: right? Right, right. individual, but right. like you're yeah. like you're part, you know, Team USA, Team China, whatever it might be, the school you're representing. Yep. So how does that work?
3: It's really interesting. So I'd say in club, it's definitely individual focused. Okay. And then you win if you win a team award, you're like extra happy. That's like cherry on the top. But gotcha. yes, so in a way, it kind of works because if you're a focused on your individual performance that's going to contribute to the team score. Okay. So, Okay, gotcha. It's a little bit of, you know, this and that. But right. with, yeah, like gymnastics, as far as club level, there would probably be, you know, a certain amount of girls at each level. So you travel with those girls to said me, and they're just a part of your team. Your team, your club team can range in age from, like, 10 years old to 17 years old so Um, it's it's a huge team in a way and there's compulsory levels which are you know i would say when you're first starting out competing and then there's optional levels which are when you are kind of on that competitive track if you will to to go beyond club yeah so with the group that you're traveling with you're always cheering for each other like there's still that dynamic of being happy for your teammate and in club you compete every single event all the time you go to collegiate gymnastics top six compete in the depth chart so you that and that was a transition going from high school to or club gymnastics to collegiate gymnastics because you'd get to the gym at the collegiate level and you're ranked from one to 20. And you know top six are going always and you're always kind of competing for that spot. So it is a very interesting dynamic where you want your teammate Mm -hmm. to do well, but you also know if they don't do well, that's gonna free up a spot in the lineup. So it is this weird weird. psychological kind of, and it takes immense maturity to say, you are, the, you are the better gymnast at this point in time, and you deserve to be a part of the top six to compete for the best score wow. for us. So oh, wow. that, I talk with the athletes that I work with now about that, Wow! how, how do you show up fully for your collegiate athletics experience, right. wanting so badly to compete, right. but knowing that your teammate has been chosen, right. so you better show up as the best possible teammate for them in that moment, right. So it wow. is quite a a wow. juggling dynamic, especially at age eighteen to twenty two. Right. 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 right.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, wow. it, well, and it reminds me, and just something that I can resonate with, just in the softball world. It just reminds me of like, you know on colli- I'll just say collegiate team because usually there's not this many like pitchers I was a pitcher like four or five girls on the team or six girls who can mm-hmm. pitch and they're all competing to be a, the starting pitcher or whatever but it's still it it if, if someone else on their team gets that spot it's like they still need to be a supportive teammate because that's still good for their team yeah but if they happen to be the ones that do get that spot that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what it reminds me of yeah right yeah. But
1: there's a Unless I misunderstand this, like Mm -hmm. in that situation, so say you're a shortstop, there's a a person that is playing shortstop, starting at the Mm -hmm. shortstop position, but there's even a possibility within that game that you could could still get an opportunity to play. Right. But in that case, it's kind of like... Like once oh, they I have see. that six, mm-hmm. right? It's like you're not right. on the oh, team okay. for unless, game. Gotcha. yeah, unless
3: something oh, like wow. last minute happens where, or it's okay. happened before. If someone gets gotcha. injured in warm up, then you're put in lineup. Okay.
0: Like
2: so, there's that's brutal. that
0: is brutal. I yeah. get no I get it now. Yeah, because yeah, yeah instead, no, no, I was
1: just saying like that's. No, yeah. I wasn't yeah. trying to correct you at all. <laughs> I'm <just> saying, sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were, Josh. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I was just because
1: I, I had the same thoughts. Like yeah. you know, any other sports. Like, okay, I'm not right. starting, but there might be a chance. Like you know, I mean, maybe. But there, it's kind of like. That no, you're just you're not on the team today. <laughs> yeah, enough, kind of. yeah. Oh, you're uh, you wow. are
3: serving a different role on the team today. Wow. Oh. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. and so that's
1: one of the many reasons why I wasn't a gymnast. It's really
3: <laughs> it's really oh, interesting, it. and a lot wow. of gymnasts will yeah will wow. attest to that interesting dynamic where you love your teammates so much and want them to do great, but you also want to compete because oh, you've totally. been a gymnast your whole life and, and, you've been working and you want to like yeah. and that's the athlete drive and so you know if we dive into injury like that is where i always say when an athlete is injured like a part of their soul is hurting mm. because of their they resonate so strongly right. with it and right. it not only impacts you know them performing on you know the court field right. at the meet but also like everything else in right. life yeah. and it's crazy but right. It makes sense wow. that the athlete that's been training their whole life wants to be able to compete.
0: Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That pretty much sums it up.
1: Yeah. That's good. You can the mic right there. yeah.
0: She should have done our injuries episode, not us.
1: I know, we kind of messed that up. We, I didn't know. Know, we didn't know you that. Yeah, yeah. That, so.
3: well, hey. I
0: will gladly come back anytime.
3: Okay, good. Share Sweet. all the things, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you. I hope you didn't mention this because I'm a terrible listener. If you did, what did you do in gymnastics? Like, did you have? Oh. did you say yeah. that already? No. Oh, okay. thank God. I
3: know. <laughs> I
0: know because I listened to some of her, but I'll let her tell.
1: I didn't listen I didn't to that listen episode. To her story. So yeah. okay, I listened to the last one you guys did.
3: Oh, with uh, uh, Carrie Higgins, that was a cyclist. I'm trying to think of the that one before.
1: I'll, here's what I'll say: is yeah. it, was, it was very conversational because you yeah. kept saying like we're sitting on the floor. Like we're oh, doing that our- was my
3: best friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, your best friend. Oh, yeah, she, so we, that was a club teammate from the age of 10. Like, yeah, we've yeah. known each no, other. That's what I listened to, so yeah. I don't think you said it in that no, one, okay. but okay. No, you're right. So, again, going back for uh, for club gymnastics, you compete all four events. Right, so, okay. vault, bars, beam, and floor. So, when you go to college, though, we have that lineup again. So, there are meets where you will compete one event, maybe two, or maybe three or four, so you oh. don't always compete a full meet all the time. Oh. Hmm. And for me, my like best events were floor, and I was put in bar uneven bars lineup for a little bit there. in which I looked at my coach and I said, "Are you serious? Are you sure? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is my worst event. <laughs> you know, like, Are you sure?" So I started bars for a little bit. But Floor was my my main event for college. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. That's,
3: those that's are my, terrifying. Those are my mm-hmm. favorite to watch. So. Oh, they're so fun. <laughs> they I love it. I'm like, oh. Like, every time I see a <laughs> yeah. flip, I'm like, oh, someone's going to die. Yeah. Like, yeah. with Floor, there's not really, like, another piece of equipment right. that you could fall off of or run into. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Floor's oh my gosh. a Floor's a fun one. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's uh, It doesn't make my heart race when I watch people do it. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Like the other ones. It's like, oh. I know. I'm not a fan of heights, so a lot of other stuff would be terrifying to me. Yeah. It's
0: always pretty, though, the floor routine. Oh, yeah. um, um, I do want to get into um, just, you know, fast forward to, so, you know, you, t- you told us mm-hmm. about um, just how you started and just your journey, which mm-hmm. is super important to your story now. Yeah. And so just what the, all of that led to now. And so I yeah. want to talk about um, your the, your your podcast She's yes. got her own podcast. It's very um, good. Yeah, um, her sports story. So, mm-hmm. like, how did, how did that come about? Yeah. And um, just what was your, like, inspiration for that and the message behind her sports story? Yeah,
3: so, again, kind of tying back to, I got into my first full-time role, and I'm sitting in my office missing gymnastics, so I, I, yeah. s- I start doing what everyone does, go to Google. Yeah. And yeah. I was Googling, like, resources for athletes after sport. Or gymna- workouts for gymnasts yeah. after you know they're done, or retired athletes. And I was I kept searching for these, and there's there's a few platforms out there. Uh, and at that time, that was 2014, so it was five years ago. Okay. And I, but I wasn't finding what I was looking for. I wanted a group, a, hmm. a community. Right other former athletes that would want to talk about these topics and transitioning out of mm. sport. And, of course, we could, I guess, call up our, our teammates or whatnot, but there was still somewhat of that uh, stigma. Like, you should have it figured out. like right. Like, do you, <laughs> you shouldn't miss sport. Like, you're an adult now. And so <laughs> I'm i feel like, I'm not? I'm right. I'm like, my head I like, am okay. still not an adult. I am trying now. to adult. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but I, I felt that way for... A couple of years, and I always kind of had this idea to create a resource hub for athletes after sport, or to do something. So I would say I started her sports story one day because, and I honestly went through a few, like, you know, you create a few different websites with a few different names and it's a part of the creative process. But somehow I landed on her sports story. And I Mm -hmm. think it it just resonated with me because I wanted to share former female athlete stories for many reasons. First off, when we go into this adulting world, sometimes we forget the level of athletics that we played out and Mm -hmm. how incredibly special that was. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to remind as former females of that and what they've done I wanted to talk about these topics that I didn't really seem to find like it and you know right. there's I would say right now there's this whole movement of former athletes talking about these topics right. about transitioning out of sport and Thank taking Millennials yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah so which has been incredible but I would say about a year ago, I asked my best friend, the one I was having a podcast mm-hmm. with on, on the floor yeah. and we were chatting all things. I was like, I'm going to send you a couple interview questions and I would love for you to answer them because I'm going to start a blog. <laughs> nice. so yeah. that is where that started. And I remember making my first Instagram post, which is almost a year and a half, almost two years now. And I said, well, you have put it out there you gotta do something. You can't just let your yeah. Instagram page have one post.
1: It's never a good sign. Right, yeah. you're like, oh, that's all right, I'll go to the next. So yeah.
3: I just started interviewing others that I was close with, and then through this lovely thing called social media and Instagram, I started connecting with other former female athletes from all, all over, internationally, across the nation, and just what I would Do is I would reach out to them and say, Hey, like I see that you're a former athlete. Would you mind hopping on a phone call with me and just like chatting all the things? Leaving like life after sport. And I never had anyone turn me down. That's
2: awesome. And so I started
3: building this community. Mm -hmm. And I would say maybe six months into it, got the idea of a podcast. And I was like, I should, I should do this. And Because I love talking with these former athletes over the phone. Why not record our conversation so everyone can hear? Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. As long as they know they're being recorded, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of how it started. And I honestly Hmm. used the Anchor app on my phone Mm -hmm. to record the first couple two, and I still use the Anchor app. That's a a great app. It is. It makes it so easy, but all I had to do was decide that I was going to do it, and then I I literally, it's like pushing yourself in a cold pool. Like, I reached out to one of the gals that I had connected with, and I said, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Would you be a guest? And she was like, yeah. And so... it it kicked off from there and it has just been the most amazing journey. Oh good. Yeah, interviewing these incredible women, doing incredible things, and and not just women either. I've connected with former male athletes that are doing amazing work in this space as well for helping the former athlete transition or the athlete transition (laughs) to (laughs) former athlete, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's been incredible. And yeah. I absolutely love this community. And the reason I created it was because it was something that I searched for. That's when I, right. you know, left my sport.
0: That's awesome. And yeah. So it's like your own, like, personal broadcast, like, mentorship, like, yeah. I feel like program with, because that's what it is when you talk, and, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys can mentor each other, but yep. just you two, or if it's just you talking, you're mentoring mm-hmm. everyone who's listening. You were mentoring me earlier today when I was <laughs> listening to you. So, you know, and just, right. yeah. and so I think that's awesome. And, well, Thank that ties you. into your work yeah. now. Yep. It, um You mentor yeah. athletes. Yeah,
3: and I, so... During my collegiate athletics experience, I was very involved with the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, which is called SAC Council. And this is a little bit like student government at the high school Mm -hmm. level. So I was really involved with that group, and I got to go on many, many experiences and leadership forums and conferences put on by the NCAA, and saw this realm of student athlete development like this is cool I could work in this field you know when you like realize that you can work in a certain field so I my advisor at the time I told him I was like I'm gonna be you one day I'm gonna (laughs) be you I'm going to be an academic advisor I'm going to put on life skills programs for student athletes and so the way I did that was more so through the athletics department so I worked in almost every area of the athletics department to gain experience, um, to eventually make my way to where I am now, which is in our student athlete resource center at Sacramento State where I do serve as an academic advisor. I put on life skills programs for our student athletes as well as run a mentoring program. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it definitely all ties together and it took from the moment I, I told my advisor that I was going to be him one day, <laughs> I think it took five or six years to get there. Wow. But I had always, I'm like yeah. that is where I want to be. That yeah. is where I want to be. And I would speak it. And I realized the other day that I actually like manifested it, right? Yeah. And once you speak yeah. it, once right. you tell those in certain places as far as your network, like yeah. things start to fall into place, mm-hmm. the more you are Speaking open it about it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and envisioning it, like yeah. just like visualization in sport right. was so strong. Mm-hmm. I am now translating that to my life and what mm-hmm. I want in my life. Wow. So yeah, it, it all fell into place, and I love working with our student-athletes and getting to have conversations sometimes like this, oh. where they're on the other side of the, the desk and they're just defeated. And mm-hmm. we talk about, you know, we talk about worth. We mm-hmm. talk about life after sport. Right. We talk about, you know, coaches' perspectives in that a coach's role is to produce the best possible product that they can and so we talk about all these different perspectives and it's all about the journey
2: yeah
3: Yeah. every part of the way yeah
1: that's really cool it's cool because you know with everything you just said and everything Mm -hmm. you've talked about in this this episode it's Mm -hmm. cool because of what you do you actually get to see it from both sides so you're dealing with athletes that are currently athletes Mm -hmm. that are approaching some of them may go on to bigger and better things and some of them may get to the point where you were at was like okay i know
2: Mm-hmm. I'm a, a
1: few months away from being done as a a full time athlete. Yeah. And then everybody you talk to on your podcast, they might be in that space or they might be on the opposite end it's like, I've been doing this thing for two years mm-hmm. and I still have no direction. How yeah. how can I find it? So it's cool that you got to you get to talk to athletes on both sides of that fence where they yeah. have to, like you said, come to terms with the fact that okay, that mm-hmm. part of my life is
3: mm-hmm.
1: is kind of done. So it's cool that you get to see it from right. both sides. It's yeah.
0: totally the yeah. like the evolving athlete right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely
0: yeah that is awesome um i know we're i know me and josh keep looking at the time we're, we have time yes have
1: yeah yeah time. absolutely yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, good. that's always the that's always the challenging thing with know, great episodes uh, I, know, like, we're we're like,
3: cool. I always say like with those on my podcast i'm like we can talk for hours like right. i could yeah. have a four-hour podcast with you i don't know who would
0: listen to it but i
3: <laughs> yeah. i feel great about it
1: somebody would do it I yeah
2: can't.
0: Right. yeah um, good for them one question um I'm looking at, I'm stealing one of Josh's questions, but I'm going to take a little bit from it. So, so your podcast is called Her Sport Stories, so mm-hmm. cater, you know, it's catered to females. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there um, some type of challenge that you have um, heard of or you've dealt with yourself mm-hmm. or have talked about with someone um, that has to do with just a female-specific um, challenge with athletes or life? either during the sport or after the sport Mm -hmm. because us I mean we can we're athletes but we can get a little emotional (laughs) but so I don't know if that's like you know I mean so is there something specific about females that has obviously you're female that Mm -hmm. has gravitated towards you that towards that and some kind of big challenge that you've seen
1: yeah if I can just tag on one other thought on top of that too not just athletes but coaches of female athletes too because I'm sure they deal with a lot of stuff that's a little bit different
0: yeah.
3: yeah, so as far as like the creation of why it was her sports story, in all honesty, it was what I knew and kind of resonated with. And right. so it, there wasn't, besides this incredible movement that is happening right now in our world, that that was very much it for me as far as like I resonated with that. However, I was also, I've always been very passionate about it because even as a female working in athletics, there were times I would be at a meeting with eight other people and I was the only woman and the youngest. Mm-hmm. So uh, holding yourself in certain environments and I truly was drawn to communities like uh, women leaders in college sports. So where there are these groups of women pulling each other up through, like, college athletics environments. So I really just was drawn to that. And as far as, you know, representation in the media and female athletes, like one came out today about, gosh, I don't even recall who, but an NFL player went and visited his wife. Uh, or watched her play in the World Cup, and the way they phrased it was like he, and so he was getting more of the attention rather than his wife oh, wow. that was playing in the World Cup. Wow. Like so, you know, there's there's all of these you know, types of yeah. circumstances, and mm. I wouldn't say issues, but where we need to kind of reframe. Mm -hmm. or restructure a little bit our approach to lifting up female athletes Mm -hmm. and and I think this comes down to especially right now it comes down to everyone can play sport yeah everyone should be represented in sport Mm -hmm. no matter no matter your background no matter your gender no matter your beliefs sport is a common ground for us to yeah. connect on yeah. so i've kind of taken that in a tangent but i i truly resonate with yeah. former female athletes right. being one and yeah. i think that's originally where i started and it was right. funny i told my husband and i was like i'm gonna have a his sport story week so i'm gonna interview you on the podcast <laughs> and a few of <laughs> these other yeah. other oh, guys that right. have just done amazing work supporting athletes after yeah. sport but yeah it's yeah. It, it closely resonated with me there wasn't I wouldn't say there was one defining moment in my gymnastics career where I was like hey you know yeah. it recognized that there was maybe a different perception or different mm-hmm. levels compared to male right. sports right. and I think that just stems from growing up in a sport That was female-dominated.
1: Oh, okay. So there were,
3: you know, male gymnasts at our gym, but there were much less than Mm -hmm. the female team. Uh So I think that, as far as me being conditioned and growing up that Mm. I was in a a female-oriented sport, Mm. rather than what if I had been a basketball player? And male basketball (laughs) gets a little bit more attention, right?
2: Right.
1: Just a little bit, a A A tad,
3: a tad. Right. Oh, had, so um, yeah
1: sorry yeah. we had um, I don't know if you know Nikki B yeah, yeah. So I was
3: oh thinking yeah of two just Nikki now. and was I go well and she
1: she's
0: back. okay so we didn't even she's a single sport athlete so she's when we were like oh we've only interviewed yes. team sport I, and then she popped in my head and then we kept talking and so I just didn't say anything we
1: mean, I don't think we asked her that question so. yeah
0: no yeah
3: okay so yeah
1: Sorry, Nikki B.
0: <laughs>
2: Sorry, Nikki. <We laughs> no,
3: you're going you. to be here next week, I, know I apologize. Nikki <laughs> as a, I know Nikki as Nicolette. She was a part of the SAC Council. Oh, wow. And we drove, I drove her to San Francisco for one of our NCA, like, wow. leadership events. And oh, so cool. it was great. Like, we didn't really, we knew each other from being on the committee, but, like, that two-hour car ride, like, we were get to know we were someone. best friend yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, you know, There was a like, deep conversation as, there sure. yeah, but, yeah right yeah. no wow. it was it was pretty great and she's obviously gone on to do just incredible things. oh
1: yeah yeah but she yeah. she mentioned something last when she was on Yeah. Some, i forgot the percentage sure. but it had to do with um,
3: i was
1: thinking that too yeah, yeah. I, was it 98 to 2 i don't that know that seems <laughs> like a, that could be accurate i don't know
0: some kind of percentage we'll just but make it but based
1: on you know right. the amount of uh, female sports coverage compared to men's sports yeah. coverage. And it's yeah. the the number she gave, I wish I could remember. Um, it was pretty pretty staggering. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So but it goes to what you're saying. It's like mm-hmm. there's a, a massive gap mm-hmm. between right. the two and the coverage and all that. So mm-hmm. it's right. which is why it's so awesome what you're doing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. Um are we we're kind of up I guess we're kind of up against, up against the clock
1: it. here. So I do have well, I do have one more question that ahead. I saw yeah. on my list yeah. that I do want to ask you and then after that we'll just kind of do our final Okay. Um, wrap-up sure. question. But on your website, and I wish I had a chance to... I, just, I saw this really quickly before yeah. you got here, but it uh-huh. was um, the sports love letter on yeah. your website. Mm-hmm. So it looked really cool, yeah. and I wish I had a chance to fully mm-hmm. read it, but can you yeah. explain that a little bit before we get out of here?
3: Yes, of course. So uh, in, uh, in the near future, there will be a journal of sorts for athletes to kind of work through once they're done with their sport. And I think the first part of... It is going to be writing your sport a love letter, as far as you know. We talk about being in a relationship with your sport, sure. In a, in a certain context, right? And you kind of owe it, oh the all the years that you put into this sport. You mm-hmm. owe the time to give it to process it. So the sport love letter is really just embracing that gratitude and appreciation for your sport and what it gave you so it's there's a prompt up on the her sport story website and it basically says like dear gymnastics or you know fill in I am so incredibly grateful for our time together and you just go through and kind of work out some of these I would say feelings that you know are there but you're a little scared to feel them right. and this type of framework of writing is right. going to help you kind of walk through the process oh. of recognizing all of the goodness that was a part of your journey yeah. um to processing everything that that's coming next so nice yeah. That is awesome. You
1: yeah. know, we could probably just end it that. That was pretty good. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't need that yeah. last good. question.
3: Mic drop. So where Boom. can they
1: where can they follow you? Yeah, so stuff.
3: I'm on Instagram at her sports story. My podcast is on all podcast platforms. It's at her sports story or her sports story, and then my website is www.hersportstory.org.
0: Sweet. Everything mm-hmm. hers. Just Google yes. her sports yep. story. Exactly. You'll find it. Yes. Sweet. Where can and they find us? And know? then you guys can find us at um, Twitter, at Sports Character, Instagram, at Character Combine, Facebook, LinkedIn, a little bit of YouTube. I'm not going to let go of the Snapchat, so I'm going to keep saying that until Josh gives me the password. <laughs> and and it I will, will head happen because I hate Snapchat. And I, w- I will do it. I will head up the Snapchat. I'll send all the filters. I think it's hilarious. Um, that I could don't, be a really good know. idea or a really bad idea. <laughs>
1: don't anyway, worry, she'll never get it. I like so making a, that
0: joke yeah, every time. So. Yeah, it's we have to never know, at this old. point. <laughs> I know. So thank you so much. Yes, Bethany, thank you for so you much for so really having me. We could, we could talk forever. as you yeah, oh, yeah. Like, this is really oh, yep. good. Yeah. Really good. So thank you for your time and just um, for being here and giving us all that great information. And um, hopefully everyone can go. Check out your podcast now if you want to hear. And thank you again for having me. Uh, Yes, we could
3: talk for days (laughs) about all of it. (laughs) But I I love what you guys
2: stand for and what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. See ya. See ya.